Okay, welcome to the podcast. Let's get cracking because I've got a doctor's appointment. Plus, it's fucking freezing in this house. It's the one one week of the year where it's actually cold in Mississippi. Like, and it lasts about a week. And it's the year the central heating goes. So that's wonderful. Uh, but enough about that. We got a podcast to do. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Jim Sterling. I'm also joined here by Laura. Hello. Hello, I'm here. I am drinking out of a glass skull, which is quite cool. You know, I'm having a good old day today. Well, that's very good to hear. Gavin, hello, how are you? Uh, hi, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a tired boy. Been working very hard mastering my album. Yes, yes, I've, I've been following your progress on that. Uh, you, uh, What was it? You were mastering it? Uh, I made the very stupid decision to make my Dishonored song coming up to the end of the year uh, mm. when I also had to master my 21-track album. And let's just say I haven't had much sleep this week. It's been a, it's you, been a, a hell of a ride. <laughs> you, you've just spent your week listening to yourself sing things over and over, being like, I don't yeah. sound good enough yet. I need to sound better because I'm the <coughs> oh, miracle of sound. Oh, Laura, if only it were stuff that was that interesting. Like last night, I spent four <laughs> hours tweaking the click beater on a kick drum. That's that's what we're talking ah, about here. <laughs> okay, that's well, real like no other human shit. being will probably ever notice, but drives me fucking crazy. It's the kind of stuff that the work itself is just mind numbing. It's like okay, it's almost done, almost yeah. done. Uh, it's like if I just attenuate five thousand kilohertz, five thousand hertz a little bit more. No, now it sounds even worse. And it's like the Father Ted effect with the car. Like you start mm. hammering a little dent and. By yeah, four hours by later, you actually have completely ruined the track. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the glamorous life of a rock star. The, yeah. they, they, you don't see in the tabloids because it's just too hot for TV. Um, but but that's good. I'm glad it's... it's. Uh, hopefully it's going all, all you, well, you know, as busy me, as it's been. It's okay for me because I'm both, but musicians get all the credit and... 50% of the magic in music that you hear is down to the technical people behind it. Mm-hmm. Because Radiohead, all your favourite yeah. bands, would sound like arse without a good engineer and mixing guy well, behind them. Absolutely. The same's true of everything. I mean, I, yeah. we were talking a few weeks back about the, the Jimsaw video I did. Like, so much of that was editing. Uh, it, it's the people yeah. who have the dull jobs behind computers um, fiddling and tweaking and making things look good uh, yeah. the, that really brings stuff out. Um, the same is true for mm-hmm. this podcast because there'd be so much of Gavin's racism in it if Laura hadn't edited it. Exactly. I'm joking, by the way. I think they, it applies for games as well, doesn't it? I mean, like, Kojima oh, sure. gets all the credit because obviously he's an auteur and you're Ken Levine's, but, like, Metal Gear wouldn't have been as fun a game without the people who made sure all the controls worked right and Yeah, all the boring stuff, and, the unsigned yeah. stuff. Often, you know... Some of the hardest work as well um, just does not get the credit that it deserves. And mm. M- mixing and you- music is like controls in games; you only notice it when it's been done badly. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, and again, same true of I think every medium is is so much yeah. of this subtle stuff. Like it, yeah. it won't ever get called out unless it got fucked up, which is a shame. Maybe we should yeah. have a national boring jobs that make entertainment better day. Mm. <laughs> I I would appreciate that because like the only time anyone ever comments on the editing of Podquisition <laughs> is like, oh you forgot to edit out that person did a sneeze yeah. and you didn't catch it. I'm like, oh that's exactly I done it, fucked Laura. up. People will only ever they'll only ever notice or 
it'll only ever occur to them that it needed to be edited when there's a mistake in the editing. Yeah, where's where's all the praise I get for, you know, sitting here being like, oh, well, let's cut out the tirade mm. where Jim talked about how he doesn't like anything in the world, not even puppies. You know, don't want puppies. the puppy, the puppy foundation speaking hating, of, uh, hating the podcast. Speaking of great mixes, I, I was telling Jim last night that I was watching a TV show and uh, the TV show ended on this incredible fucking song, and I, I hadn't, because the singer actually, I thought it was Ozzy at first, and uh, I was like googling the lyrics, and it turned out to be Jim's favorite band, uh, Electric Light Orchestra. fucking song! Yeah, that's uh, one o five three eight Overture is the yeah. song. It's actually the first ELO song. Uh, it was it debuted on their first album, which in the UK was called. Here's some fun music facts for you, folks. In mm. the UK, the first ever ELO album is just called the Electric Light Orchestra. In mm. America, it's called No Answer, uh, which makes no sense because you know it, it, that's just a weird thing to call an mm. album. I guess you could say you know it's supposed to look all deep and meaningful. Uh, the actual reason it's called No Answer is because the American publisher phoned up the UK office to ask what the title of the album should be, didn't get a reply, and just put down No Answer to inform their bosses, and they thought that was the title <laughs> of the album. So in America That's it's beautiful. called No Answer because of the phone of conversation that never happened. Uh, but yes, I, I love 1053 uh, Overture. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like someone took song. Dear Prudence and drove it through a fucking Marshall amp and just went, yeah, let's make a loud version of Dear Prudence. Mm. It's really rough sounding as well, yeah. but that's part of what makes that's it work. That's part of the charm, um, yeah. And it actually yeah, reminds are... me, do either of you remember that old Enigma song, Out From The Deep? Uh, not sure I do. No. That's, a one, that's one worth looking up. It has that same kind of, you know the way that song and Dear Prudence, they both have that descending kind of spiraling feel. The do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. It's like exactly it's exactly the same that it's oh, a very we'll pleasing little chord sequence to my ears I find. Well, so that's yeah, been some sorry. Great music Welcome no, to no, Gav's no, music it's, podcast. <laughs> it's fine. No, so I I've got, got a, I've got a way to I've got a way to get us back to video games if this would help. Go so uh, you know how we were just talking about how um, sometimes when something's a little rough around the edges that that can be quite nice to listen to sometimes. Oh no. What? You know oh, yeah. it's you know sometimes it's not good when things aren't oh. very well put together. Let's talk about the last guardian. Oh no. Oh. I had a feeling ah, this was going to happen. Uh, okay, are the, con- the controls shoddy? Um, they are worse than shoddy at times. Oh, God. So just like next. Shadow of the Colossus, then? Oh. No, 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 worse, worse, oh, wow. worse, worse, worse. You would say there worse? Are, I would say there are times that Oof. I felt like this game was unplayable at moments. Oh, that's a yeah, because my review came out and everyone was all angry at me. And then I was like, well, shit. Am I the, no, I. I was like, am I, I the lowest scorer here? Oh wait, Laura's just put her review up, and and you are actually like a step lower. Or two you two and your organised yeah. cl- clickbait collusion. Yeah, yeah I've we, already we been planned, accused of that. We planned this together, like you know, we we've been told like, okay, so the the last guardian's going to do too well. You Let's two, on it. you are the two that need to save this game from getting too much praise, because otherwise they're going to get bonuses at Christmas, and we don't want that. Yeah, it's all part of a concerted effort. Um, I've actually, so, I've, we, I've, we, I've ignored all the Reddit angry, angriness and angst about my review because I ain't got fucking time for that shit. I got Final Fantasy yeah. 15 to get back to. Um, I've seen people defending the game. Oh well, it's more charming that way. The dog's not meant to listen to no, you. No, fuck, fuck that. No, 
can we I, just stop and say fuck you to that one? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I actually went back and added an addendum to my review to point out how <sighs> deliberately making a game frustrating and annoying to play isn't better than accidentally well, making a game annoying here, and frustrating to play. Here is here's the thing. Had they done it deliberately, there are there are ways they could have done it deliberately where I might have not been angry at but them. But a little Let's, player well, feedback would have been nice. Yeah. Like actually so like, communicate yeah. that idea to the player rather than make them think that your dog's yeah. just fucking stupid. Okay, yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, like the big dog bird in The Last Guardian, sometimes it just doesn't listen to your commands. And it's not that it like looks at you and goes, oh, I'm not going to do that. It just doesn't acknowledge just that you commanded something. like a fucking yeah. moron. Or gets like stuck running the wrong way. Yeah. It's like, oh no. So or, like you'll throw a barrel... <laughs> And sometimes it'll snap the barrel out of the air and eat it because it eats And barrels. sometimes it'll get hit in the fucking and face. Bounce off its stupid fucking feathery face. So, like, here's the thing that could have made this work. Let's say at the beginning of the game, sometimes the bird dog doesn't listen to you. It reacts, it looks at you, it, like, growls or questioningly tilts its head to acknowledge we've registered that you made that, that request, but we're not doing it. So the then, problem is that the game doesn't let you well, know when it's ignoring you and when you're not doing it right. Well, that's one of the problems. That's part of it. Yeah. And then the other thing that you'd have had to do in tandem to make that work is as you go through the game, that starts happening less and less to the point where at the end of the game, it follows you immaculately and perfectly everything you say. That could have been a defensible way of doing it. This is not forgivable. Some people are claiming that the dog does do that, that, that Trico gets better. I never I, observed that, and if I if if it was observable, the game is so bad at uh, audiovisual feedback that it's certainly not communicated. Uh, but I had trouble from beginning to end, and I saw someone else claim, "Oh well, it depends on how you treat the dog." Well, first of all, a you can't mistreat it. B I found what seemed to be every barrel I could find. Like I went, I went high and low. Uh, constantly feeding it barrels and also petting it constantly, like running up to it and pressing the pet button. Uh, so I was I was a fucking angel to that that dog thing. I treated it almost as well as I treat my own dog, um, except I've never had to yell, why didn't you do that in the fucking first place to my own dog? Uh, because, and that's another thing, people are like, oh, well, my dog doesn't listen to me all the time. Yeah, my dog's a fucking asshole, and it listens to me a lot more than Trico does in The Last Guardian. Uh, so um, let's not bring that into quest. things. Plus, people's dogs in real life don't have wings, so the realism argument goes right out the titting window. And <laughs> people's dogs in real life, you're not relying on them to save you from falling out of the sky and then having to yes. wait through a loading time to try again. That'd be a pretty awesome dog, though. If it I'm did. sorry, like whether it's deliberate or not, sometimes that game doesn't fucking work, and that's not excusable. Just and if it's done on purpose, I think that's worse. I have mm. a question for you guys. Um, <clears throat> Aside from the dog, how are the controls on the the actual kid, the avatar? Pants. Because I remember them being very bad in their other two games. Stumbly, bad physics. Um, like when they overanimate it, I have a real problem with uh, games that do that. Like they overanimate because they're so proud of their animations, which are nice. Yeah. But when I mm -hmm. just want to climb up a fucking wall, I don't want constant little stumbles and scrambles. Uh, getting in the way of a game that's already wasting my time with the big feathery dog that won't listen to me. So much of this game is spent just watching and waiting to see if something will happen. And then compounding that are the shitty fucking physics and controls uh, that have, get in the way. Does it have that thing from Shadow of the Colossus where you have to hold the button to hang on to it while it tries to shake you off? Um, no. It it doesn't actively try and shake you off. No. Uh, sometimes, there, there however, you will just fall off for no reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a moment where the uh, Trico, that's 
the dog for anyone who, uh, not paying attention, uh, jumped over a gap. It was a scripted sequence, so it jumped over the gap like it was supposed to. <laughs> but the character just let go and fell and died. <laughs> Second time, reloaded it. Exact. I did the exact same thing. Didn't press a thing. And it worked. So there was no error on my part. But the first time he just went, you know what? I'm tired of being alive right now. I'm just going to let go of this dog in the middle of jumping over a chasm and die. So the other thing that's really annoying in a similar vein is there's a real inconsistency regarding whether things are interactable or not. Oh, absolutely. Where, like, sometimes the same texture will be used to denote... An interactable surface and a non-interactable surface. Sometimes and the, the game just lies, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the, Red herrings the, the, everywhere. Uh, the easiest one to explain for me would be vines. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a set of vines will be climbable. You can leap, grab onto it, and climb up it. Sometimes it will be an identical-looking vine texture that you could try three or four times. It's like, nope, that's not one of the climbing vines. That's me, just identical other vines. For me, it was a tower that had uh, mm. little ledges running down it. And oh. and the ledges were really, like, obviously prominently placed. And they were the exact same colour as climbable ledges. Uh, so I th- I'm thinking, right, I climb down here and then obviously make my way across some other way. But no, those ledges are there just, as far as I can tell, as a dick move. Because they look like the, they they are exactly the same models as other climbable ledges, mm-hmm. the same colour, the same prominence. But he can't climb those. And the worst part is, is if you fall just right, he'll land on them and stand on them as if to suggest they are there. And then he will eventually just clip through them. So moments like this have you thinking like constantly, wow. like what am I doing wrong? And eventually it's- you realise you did nothing wrong. The game was just misleading you. It's the reason why, in many ways, I, I'm very tempted to stop complaining when games do the thing that, say, uh, Tomb Raider did, where every surface that you can cli- like reach and climb up to has this sort of white paint smeared on the edge yeah. of it. And it's like, mm. it's not ideal, but at least there, it is clear to me from a glance, these are the things in the environment I can interact with, these mm. are not. I can look at you... the environment and work out a solution reliably, rather than trying if to I, leap if it was You know what game did that wonderfully subtly? Titanfall Which, 2. Titanfall 2 did do that really well, Well, the best actually. thing about Titanfall 2 is it just let you fuck around with everything. Like, yeah. there, there, were, there were no fake ledges you'd clip through. There were no fake routes. Like, the, the levels were really well designed to the point where, um, you yeah. know, if, you're, if, if, if there was a user error, you'd fuck up. But you thinking, can I get there and can I do this? That you wasn't an can, issue. Yeah. Um, and... and but, but if it was a straight choice between Tomb Raider glistening rocks and The Last Guardian with its fake fucking pathways... Or and, uncharted and yellow, yellow ledges. Yeah. <laughs> yellow like, and like, red ledges. There's a reason why a lot of games do that. Like, in mm. The Division has, like, yellow warning tape on things. And it's just this... It, it's built to look like part of the environment. Like, I prefer that over Tomb Raider with, with like, obvious glistening. But... Mm. Things that use subtle colour, like after a while you start to learn that yellow is climbable. That's what it means in the Divisions world. So they can start putting yellow paint on things, yellow tarp on things, uh, and it and it's ingrained into the player. Whereas this, like, like the environments are so vague, and I think deliberately vague, uh, that you can spend a lot of time just wondering like what the game wants from you, and it becomes a guess what the developer was thinking mm, game. And it's it's annoying because when the puzzles 
are telling you the information about what you can and can't interact with properly, they're very well designed puzzles. They're oh, really the well puzzles designed are... puzzles. Like this the was puzzle the design is superb. Some of the puzzles are brilliant, and some of the like moments in the game are, are sublime. I think. Um, oh god, the the narrative of this. I am so disappointed that such a really well told narrative is hidden behind having to actually fucking play this yes. game. And, and he, the other thing is, is I don't, I can't fault people who did score it highly. Uh, mm. I, I I've got to agree with uh, us Technica's uh, Kyle Orland when he said like the problems are there. They are definitely there, uh, but the difference between you loving or hating this game is your tolerance for them, and some people yeah. do have a high tolerance if they feel what they're getting in exchange in terms of story and experience is uh, worth it. Uh, and for me, I, it's it, it was just... It was always on the cusp of almost worth it and never pushed it enough to for me to honestly say, okay, this is a good game. I couldn't yeah, in good I, faith say it was a truly good game. I actively hate that I can't that I can't praise this game more yes, because yes. when it is on its like when it is doing things right it is a beautiful moving tale of two unlikely friends growing in a very organic way that's told sort of very wordlessly and it's a really believable set of circumstances yeah. that bring these two together in a way that like I really cared about. Yep. The problem I have is that I'm in the camp that who was it I heard talk about it like this? I think it was Brian Altano at IGN, I think, who was saying, like, I'm gonna want to come back to this narrative a couple of years from now, much the same way I go back and play Shadow of the Colossus. I'm probably going to end up watching a well-recorded Let's Play where it's just someone playing through it, cutting out some of the chaff and like not struggling with the puzzles. If I can find a good Let's Play like that, I'm probably going to watch that to get that experience yeah. again you rather know, than replay it. And that that I hate that that's the case. I, yeah. f I feel like if it had come out when it was announced, I think we'd have um, been inclined to be more forgiving because more games mm. at that point had stodgy kind of oh, awkward yeah, yeah. controls. Now we're just we're past that in the industry. It doesn't. Yeah. No, 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 I agree. I, I said in my review, like it's a game of its time, but its time was mm. ten years ago. Mm. Like it, it, if... it feels like it could have come out the day after Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. It's made no concessions towards modernization, which I think mm. is is indicative of its uh, and that's uh, troubled development. That's admirable with the art style and stuff, but. At some point, when you, when some of the improvements have generally over the industry improved the player experience objectively, yeah. I think mm. you need to look at those. Oh yeah, it, there, it, there were advances in AI and communication and mm. physics and controls mm. that are missing from this, and I think it's mostly because I, I imagine a lot of the groundwork for this game was made, you know, way back in the day, like like a generation mm. or more ago, and was so embedded deeply within the game that to pull it out it would have been quicker to have just scrapped the whole thing and started again from well, scratch. And I don't yeah. think they wanted to, this, to, you know, this... wanted to or had the money for that. Yeah, this is something I've been talking about a bit. Like, I suspect a lot of the problems with this game were that as soon as Shadow of the Colossus wrapped up, they probably started work at least on the design document for this. And a lot of things that they felt were vitally important when creating that initial design document probably, like... When development started, those were made core aspects of how that game was developed, and it was never going to get past those problems unless they scrapped the project and started over. Yeah. And there was a time when they could have. There was a time maybe three or four years in where we were hearing that there was trouble development and that it was maybe being cancelled. And had they scrapped it entirely then, if they could have afforded to do that, we might have got a better version of the maybe. game now. But 
I think that's the problem, is that point where it's like, oh, this is not how things are going to go in, like, the PS3 360 generation. This is... Uh, okay, fine, we'll push through with it. And that they decided to push on with it, I think, was the problem. Yeah. And, and, it's it, a, and it's a pity, because Team Ico have such a beautiful <sighs> spirit about their games. I can't yeah. fault them their sincerity. Mm. Like, Ico and, and Shadow of the Colossus were both just such beautiful experiences, despite the flaws, mm. you know. The, the beautiful things about those games are intact here. It mm. still feels like it has the heart and soul of a of a Team Ico game. It just feels like one that probably the latest they could have gotten away with it would have been a couple of years into the PS3 generation if you could have excused, like, oh, people are still getting used to doing HD uh, environments and working out what uh, like yeah. what's too realistic to interact with, etc. You maybe could have gotten away with it then. Mm. I think that it's just been a few two years too many at this point to... to forgive yeah. the kind of issues they're making. And it's a shame, like 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 you say, like it gives me no joy to mm. say that the game is you know, I gave it like a, a 6, 6.5, something like that. Like I said, it's on the edge of good for me. Um, obviously, for many people, that's still too clickbaity and low, because games, according to them, are mandated by the heavens to have a certain score. Um, but it gives me no joy to not be able to say, I think this is brilliant and superb and wonderful and we should all go and play it. Like, I, I, I wish I could say that. Like, my heart breaks thinking about, um, you know, the amount of, just, just the years that went into this, uh, and, and, you know, what, what the result was for me. Uh, mm. it, it, there's no pleasure involved in ever giving a game a, a, a score that doesn't suggest that it's wonderful. I wish every game could be wonderful. Dishonored yeah. 2. Unless, it, I, unless uh, it's Mighty I've been Number 9. Two la like, not this week, but the week before. And not since Assassin's Creed 2 have I disagreed with a gym review more. <laughs> <laughs> Dishonored 2 is uh, amazing. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, I, it is I, amazing. Um, not not in the way you're suggesting, but no. I, I, I again, that's another game I felt bad about because I wish I could. I, I loved the first. I definitely like Dishonored two more than Jim does, but I am right there with you on on this particular game, Jim. It's just, I wish I loved it. I really wish I loved it, but I just can't. And that. It hurts me. It is such a beautiful story that I wish I... It It's annoying. It feels like a, a narrative that it's like, if you could give me this in a different format where I didn't have to interact with it, if it wasn't a video game, I would be enjoying it more right now. But it's such and an that's, enjoyable that's, video game. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never good when you're playing a video game and saying, I want there to be fewer interactions right now. Yeah, I want to get past the interactable section. That's, that's not a good thing. I I can't I can't say that's something I've once experienced in my time with the game. I I love the interaction. I mean, I love the these Deus Ex style games where you have the big open level and you've all the different approaches. I just it's incredible. And the clock like the, there's two levels in it I've played so far that are so unique, like the Clockwork Mansion. And I I, I with, concede that the Clockwork Mansion is good. Did you guys um? play the Clockwork Mansion all the way, like looking for all the little hidden parts and secrets and stuff? I was somewhat... Um, I mean, I was bored to tears by the game for the most part, so wow. I wasn't as... Uh, I wasn't pouring over it as much as I did the first Dishonored, but I spent a good good chunk of time... Like, I made sure to get every single rune and bone charm in the game. Oh, so. yeah, well, then you, did, you kind of probably did do most yeah, of I, it. I'm, I'm a bit too... 
pedantic and stuff. Like, yeah. if the game tells me where things are, I have to go look for them. Uh, that's so part of what I didn't like about the game, actually, because in the first game, there were, you know, runes and bone charms and that, uh, and you could always see vaguely where they were. But here, there were so many per level, and some of them really fucking obtuse uh, in the way they were hidden. That I, I spent most of the game doing that and getting pissed off. It was so satisfying to get some of them, though. Like, the, I remember one where there was, um, it was in a shop, and the, the only way you could get in was by sneaking around the back of the shop, firing a crossbow through the window to knock the lock off the door, and then going around. I just, st- little puzzles like that to me, I love it. I, I God, I can't. I just disagree with you guys so much on I mean, this game. Fair enough. It's, it's you know, many <laughs> people it. disagreed with my opinion on Dishonored too. Mm. Uh, it's, it's and, not and unusual level, to me to be disagreed with. The fucking time level. The pause, There was a puzzle in the time level where there was an item, and you had to go back in time and realize how to get rid of the item so you could read the code to a safe. And I was like, I remember this, that one. This is so clever. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, for me, it was tough because I, you know, not long been playing Titanfall Two, which had a time travel level that was just so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah, I I'll agree that the time tra- travel stuff in Dishonored Two was uh, relatively well executed, uh, but it didn't. It was not as fucking delightful as as Titanfall 2's so it didn't really do much to score many points with me uh, when the rest of the game just like the game just left a bad first impression with me with the the terrible intro and rushed story that tried to as hard as hard and fast as it could to bottleneck us into basically the same plot structure as the first game and it was so convoluted in doing so uh, and and it did nothing to stand it, out beyond that. And I it was just constantly following the beats of the first, but worst. I, I, I completely agree with you that the um, the overall narrative was awkward. And, and especially that intro, it was so clumsy. But like for, for me, the, the moment-to-moment little bits of lore in the game were so good. Like All of the people I was um, assassinating slash doing other things to... If 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 you looked around like the levels, there were books and things you could read about them that developed their characters a bit, and I don't know. I found it so interesting. Like the the woman who was the head of the witches, I I spent so long going around that level trying to find out more about her. And oh yeah, her yeah, she was brilliant for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best bit about her was when she killed herself. I was just playing the level, and then it suddenly said target eliminated, and I found her corpse many, many, many minutes later. She just <laughs> died. Nice. I had that a fair few times with the game. Like I'm, I, I eventually gave up and just went like high chaos because I was I was mm. sick of wrestling with some of the stuff, including more than one instance of the non-lethal route with the targets being impossible to do. One because someone killed herself. Uh, the other, um, I had to put a guy in a chair and, and do a thing to make a thing happen and the thing wouldn't happen like it just wouldn't happen so I had to give up and kill him oh uh, that thing was tricky actually that took me a while to figure out how like, to I, I, I figured it out like I figured out the puzzle yeah. but the final interaction wouldn't trigger like it wouldn't work uh, and, and no matter how like it told me to do the thing and I did the thing but nothing work. happened uh, oh, the puzzle pretty... had already been solved. It was the final, right, do See, this, that, and, and it's solved, it, and it didn't work. That is really a pity, is how technically um, 
shoddy the game is because the first one like i said i think i said this before was probably one of the best optimized games i've ever played and this one is riddled with performance issues and bugs yeah dead rising four's pretty good though Oh, yeah? How's, how's that? I've not touched that game it's, yet. It's funny. It's 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 funny. They, they've officially gone Saints Row with it. Like, they gave oh. up trying to be Wait, serious at all. So, do you mean they've gone silly, or they've gone, they've actually gone Saints Row levels of silly? They've, they've pretty much gone Saints Row. They're, they're not, okay. In, in terms of story and characters, they're not as cartoony, but in terms of the gameplay, like, at this point now, you're fucking... Like you, you get like a Christmas bell because the game's set at Christmas. So some, a lot of the new combo weapons are all Christmassy. So you get like a Christmas bell and some MMA gloves, and you tape them together, and you've suddenly got big bell hands that are just going gong, gong, gong as you punch stuff up. Um, you get like giant robot suits now, and you can pull a giant electric Christmas tree out of the ground, and you're just smacking that around with people. Uh, it, it's it, is it's, there is there a timer? No. <laughs> they gave up on the timer. They, they've given up on everything that a lot of the original fans liked, so I understand why some people are declaring it a travesty. Uh, but as someone who never cared for the escort missions, the timer, and the save point, um, that they're all gone, uh, I like a lot. Uh, and the game just concentrates now on just being like genuinely funny. Like, Frank... It's not the same Frank West. Uh, it's a different Frank West, and, and it sucks that the old Frank isn't back uh, but the new one does a great job and some of the especially the early cutscenes he's in are like genuinely well comically timed and paced um, with good punchlines and everything so yeah they went straight comedy with it and it's to the game's credit the only major thing i don't like about it is the the boss fights against humans that they've had in previous games that they previously used to call them psychopaths they changed them to maniacs uh, probably because psychopathy is is not dressing up like a clown and juggling chainsaws um but the maniacs in this one uh aren't what they used to be like the bosses before had introductory cutscenes and their own weird little narratives whereas this time it's just here's some dudes dressed up funny go kill them now they're dead now that's that are the boss fights still fucking excruciating mechanically no no um there are a handful of of actual um obligatory boss fights and they are uh pretty decently done and i remember every dead rising game being so fucking frustrated with the boss fights that i wanted to punch through the wall did you play dead rising 3 yeah yeah you you mostly mostly okay in that one but there was one with a car a guy driving around you in a car that i fucking i just maybe i was just bad at it but i just they seem to do that a lot where there's a really fast moving target that you have to hit yeah they they've they've not done any of that in this one um Plus, they've also uh, really improved ranged combat, which has never been particularly good in the other ones. Like, firearms and stuff weren't very effective and everything. But here, uh, some of the combo weapons are amazing. I like the the Blambo is good, which is a crossbow with some Christmas fireworks. So that you combine those, and then you're crossbowing fireworks into zombies that just explode everywhere. Uh, I like the gun that shoots swordfish. Uh, you can do that, just just get a, an ornamental swordfish and combine it with a gun. And for some reason, the ornamental swordfish is then alive. Uh, so you fire a swordfish <laughs> into a zombie, it does a m- moderate amount of damage, but then just keeps flapping uh, and dealing damage as it flaps until the zombie dies. Um, lots of stuff like that, just a very silly, stupid game. I like to hear that they're not focused on realism. 
I, no. if, if, if a thing seems like it's going to be a funny idea, just put it in your fucking video game. Video yes. games are... It's the video kitchen games sink mentality. Yeah. Uh, this one fully... Because the third one was moving in that direction. It had started to get really silly. And, it, and let's not... You know, suggest the series hasn't always been very silly yeah, to some been degree. A bit wacky and uh, But this one truly embraces it. This one really went. This was the one where they went fuck it, and just went hell for leather in in trying to make it as as out there as possible. And it's you know it's it's hard to be. It's hard to beat Saints Row at its own game. There's no Aerosmith nuke jumping in this one, uh, but it is. It's as Saints Row as you can get without being, you know, absolutely gloriously stupid and Aerosmith junk being needs to be in more games. Absolutely. I think yeah. every game, if the, if if at one point you jump on a nuke and jump and uh, jump back off it after rewiring it um to the tune of Aerosmith, if that had happened in the last Guardian, we'd be looking <laughs> at a 10 out of 10 game of the year. Only if you became the president of the giant bird dog people. Like yes. you've got to land through the roof of the big castle ruins and become president of the bird dog people, then it's game of the year. President I'm going, I'm going of the to bird see Aerosmith this year. Oh. oh. Yeah, they're Rachel's favorite band, so and I, I hope they do I, their hit songs. I've, I've always thought they were fucking awesome as well. So I thought you were going to say I've always thought they were fucking awful, but I'm going no, for that. No, they're great. <laughs> you know, funny thing about Aerosmith, they're one of those bands that I love their, um, like, Janie got a gun. That song is so fucking good. But then their ballads, I just find their ballads so insipid that I can't listen to them. <laughs> but their, like rocker, their rock songs are so, so, so good. Yeah, They're, they're not a band I'd ever sort of go out of my way to listen to a lot but mm. uh it's one of those ones where, where if i hear them if they come on you know the radio or a playlist or whatever then i'm like mm. yeah 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 this will stay on this is good and steven tyler man he's like you know eddie from absolutely fabulous like on stage <laughs> you know he's fantastic <laughs> welcome back to cav's music podcast part two it's it's a good it's good nice little musical interludes between us ragging on games. Uh, yeah. Quick update on Final Fantasy fifteen. Still like it. Um, yeah, still like it a lot. Uh, there's some bits in it that I'm still like like wondering how the hell they thought it was a good did, idea. Did you watch King's Glaive? <laughs> yes, I actually did last night. Did, actually, did it make any more sense of that cutscene ninety minutes in for you? The one where it's like, oh, I guess a bunch of stuff happened. Yes, yes, it. it it's to the point where I'm wondering why they didn't put a lot of that content in the game, There's, if not for the is, fact there... that there was too much to tell, and plus it just makes more money to Guys, make a mandatory film yeah. that you got to buy. Um, I, I saw something on Gray's Twitter feed um, where, and I haven't played the game, but he yeah. went up By to By the way, Gray, noodle... I just... Uh, I just got to quickly cut in uh, yeah. because I, you bring up Grey a lot and I, I make fun of Grey when you do on this. We've never explained who he is. No, it's um, just We only just, just, just casually mention Grey. Um, Grey Carter, uh, we both, Gav and I, worked uh, alongside him when we were at The Escapist. Uh, mm. He's still there. He does uh, Critical Miss, the, the comic strip, and Aaron mm. Dies Alone. Uh, and Which are both well a, worth checking out, by the way. They're very, very, very good. Very funny. Very yeah. funny uh, pointed. Uh, he's also just a gigantic cock on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, which which is, is what... I mean, 
following both Gav and Grey can be a joy because their banter is is highly amusing. Uh, lots of good slaggings there. Mm. Um, but th- anyway, that's great for those who may have been wondering, like for over a hundred episodes, who the hell it <laughs> is Gav he? keeps bringing up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what did Grey say on Twitter this time? Yeah, you, well, you you are definitely missing something if you're not following both of us slagging off each other's moms on Twitter. I, I'll put it that way. Just don't don't follow us both if you're easily offended. I put it that way. Um, he he put up a tweet which was a video of a mission where they go out up and it's a real life noodle company is advertised in the game and they have this mission where you have to make the perfect noodle and they're talking about the ingredients and it's one of the most so cringe inducing things I've ever seen in a video game yeah, and yeah I'm the just game wondering has that. how people can defend this <laughs> Um, there, there's there's stuff in that game that is indefensible. It it, it it it's actually quite comparable to the Last Guardian, and I think this is the other side of the tolerance coin for me, where the payoff mm. I'm getting out of Final Fantasy XV is enough. Um, if this game was any worse, any worse, um, or well, I mean that that suggests it's bad to begin with. If it was any less good, let's say, uh, sitting and watching beautiful boys driving in a car constantly would drive me up the fucking wall. Yeah, um, I shouldn't like, be able to go and take a shit and come back and, and, and I'm still travelling to my destination automatically. Um, it helps that you can buy Final Fantasy IX soundtrack. That helps keep me fucking going. But, uh, <laughs> there are so moments like, in it that I'm just like, how is this a good idea, you know? The, the thing that works for me is that you have there is something narratively that I am very happy with, which <clears> is the, the group <throat> dynamic between those lovely boys on their road trip. And the gameplay, I am very happy with. I very yeah. much enjoy the gameplay. Narratively, there is something that I am very much enjoying. There is a weak point on the narrative, which is the actual fucking world-ending story is kind of like, oh, oh, you've got to watch some outside material, probably, and even then you might get a little bit lost. But I don't mind, because I'm enjoying the gameplay throughout, and I'm enjoying the dynamic of my my boy band road trip. So as long as I have those two things that I am absolutely (laughs) loving, I can forgive the fact that it's kind of like JRPG schlock. Yeah, that that's a good. Yeah, a lot of it is 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 schlocky. Um, not not shicky, uh, which is mm. uh, any narrative involving the hydrobot. Uh, but <laughs> schlocky is a good term for it. It's, uh, but but at the same time, the characters are nice. Um, the banter they have, I can see why some people are annoyed by it. But there are, I've got to confess, like the bad puns and the awful banter. Is just the right shade of cringy and awful that I our, love. Our noodle dream can become reality. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd love it if the Shik Hydrobot turned up as well in that game. Oh, um, my, it would feel so at home. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about. Yeah, the Game Awards came out after our last podcast. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a bunch of quick bits of news from it, but the main thing is like, hey, there was a giant buff razor that kept yeah. turning up. <laughs> It looked like fucking C-3PO had fucked a razor. It was amazing. Uh, the Schick Hydro Bar. If you watch this week's Gymquisition, you'll notice I bagged on that a ton. And also, thank you for the feedback to my, my big joke about the Hydro Bar. The, the Cornflake Homunculus was an idea I had on the fly last week, and I, I put it together, and it came out better than I thought it would. It looked a lot more like Silent Hill by way of a five-buck budget that I... Than I expected it would, and it, it it came out exactly how I wanted it to. Um, but yeah, yeah, the Shik Hydra, but it was it was the game advertisements. We've talked about them before. We talked about them last year. Just one big crass 
celebration of money where the sponsors and the nominees are the same fucking thing. Uh, where hey, 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 Hyderabad adverts it, happen. It's where not Kyle like Bossman, who is good, is forced to be unfunny, possibly against his will. I haven't heard from him since the show. I, Jim, I have to hold. I have to pick you up on something here. Did you just imply that there was an example in the Game Awards of? An advertiser having a a link to an affected winner of a category? Because I sure can't <coughs> cough Nintendo. Think of anyone <coughs> of Nintendo who advertised during the Game Awards and had some say over what happened with one of the awards. <coughs> Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo, of course, is the big one. Um, yeah, but also, had... I mean, you could have called most of the show the Bethesda Awards because not only did they win a bunch of, like, uh, I want to say, like, their games came up more than any other mm. and also ran genuine commercials between the, the awards as well. To be fair, so, they did release Doom this year. They did, they did. They made And Uncharted was games. in just as many categories. I was... Every time Uncharted didn't win something, I was shocked because Jeff Keighley's shows in the past have had the biggest boner for Uncharted ever. No, no, and every true. time it didn't win, I was so surprised. <laughs> um, I mean, the point I'm trying to make isn't that I, 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 I don't... I, I wouldn't assume anything untoward happened. As far as I'm aware, the, um, you know, they've not changed it. Like, they have independent judges from different sites and blogs and things. Um, but it ju- it's not a good look when you're giving awards out to this company who's also constantly running commercials for that two-hour blog. It's, it, it looks incestuous. It looks slimy. And Jeff Keighley, I, I, f- I kind of feel for him because I do think he is a... He has a genuine passion for the industry. I think he loves video games. He loves talking about them. I think, think he his loves Kojima a little right too place. much. I mean, he he's, should just—he should just ask him out already. I mean, at he, this point, he did it's sound sort of creepy and stalkery in his speech uh, about Kojima. Yeah, he talks um, about Kojima the same way I talked about my classmate Chloe when I was fifteen. You know, yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I do think his heart's in the right place. Um, but when he says things like he doesn't want his legacy to be the meme about him and Doritos and Mountain Dew, um, which is a fair enough thing to want. You want to leave a better legacy than people putting tortilla chip Pope hats on your head and calling you Dorito Pope. Um, he but, cries tears of, of Mountain Dew while yeah. furiously masturbating over pictures of Kojima. Exactly. I can see wanting that to not be the legacy, the impact you've left on the game industry. But when you then produce a show that's brought to you by the Schick Hydro bot, you're not helping your case. Like he's <laughs> talked before, he wants the Game Awards to be like the Oscars. Uh, but it's just, it, it's never going to be more than a two hour commercial. Would it, but would it be a games event without something super tacky and meme to. Well, to, again, I this mean, is part of the problem. It's Hydrobot like the game was the itself. Mr. Coffee of. Uh... Well, if you, if you want this to be like a serious games awards thing, take a leaf out of the, Baf- the video game BAFTAs book. That is how you do like an Oscars style award show for video games. No, yeah, you know? the game BAFTAs are actually credible. Um, mm. The game advertisements are just commercials. How are the game mm. BAFTAs financed? Does anyone watch them? I didn't even know it existed. Whereas Jeff Keighley's thing, I, everyone was like talking about it. My, my point here is, does Jeff have a choice in the matter? Who else is he going to get to sponsor the event than games companies? Shit Hydro Bar. <laughs> he got shit razors. Like, he can get, you can get 
advertisers. He can get non-game advertisers, um, and they could run commercials through the show if if it's got to be co- like funded with with advertiser money. That's doable easily. Mm. Um, but but it doesn't have to be like, advertised. Don't make your hosts fist yeah. bump Everyone... an anthropomorphized razor because that makes me cringe. Send us suggestions for what they could advertise next year. Stuff that gamers need. So, like, Um, deep deep heat for our shoulders when we've been on the computer all day. Just advertise video game, like, themed pawns during it. Because then you're not having a direct conflict of interest. And there is a market overlap of people being interested in the material. And honestly, like, pornography has a lot more dignity than the Game Awards right now. Oh, (laughs) man. So, do we want to talk about the stuff that turned up at the Game Awards? I guess we can touch on it, yeah. Because we had a few bits. We had the Game Awards and we also had uh, PlayStation Experience that happened. So we got a bunch of things happened at once. So Guillermo del Toro is a character in Death Stranding. So we all kind of guessed that Guillermo del Toro would be in some way, shape or form involved in Kojima's game. More importantly... Guillermo del Toro tweeted fuck Konami. Oh, he tweeted yeah. fuck Konami, which is great. He also seems to his role in the game seems to be to steal fetuses using magic, which Yeah, he's your uh, magic he, fetus jar boy. Yeah. So cool thing about this, if you don't know, if you watch both the first and second Death Stranding trailer next to each other, like start them both at the same time, things happen to suggest that they're both happening simultaneously, which is kind of cool. Oh god. Bloody um, bloody Kojima. I know, I know, the look I know of but that, like that was some trailer like this fucking spectacular surrealist nightmare um i I, i've i've rarely been so impressed by a game trailer and i know that it being kojima it probably will have a lot of like that kind of cutscene stuff in it and i'm okay with that because it looked so fucking cool it was was fascinating to watch it was Mm. i mean it was it was almost a shame they led off the show with it because nothing i think toppled it yeah um Mm. Like, like, Except Mick Gordon. Know, oh well, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> um, the uh, you know people were hanging on for Mass Effect Andromeda, which you know they showed it, but it it just felt kind of there. Yeah. It was nowhere near. It, like nothing had the impact that that the Death Stranding trailer had, and that was yeah. the top of the show. They well, should the have thing, flipped them around, shouldn't yeah. they? The problem is, is that um, Mass Effect is something that we've all been anticipating, but we all know roughly what to expect from. So you can That's open it, yeah, the show with really that and look, get people hyped, and it looks really it didn't good. Show yeah. any surprises? Death Stranding yeah. is a big unknown. It's a nice thing to close with. Like this, yeah, and, this and was the kind of trailer that even in cinema, I've never seen stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? It was so fresh, and and I know a lot. Like I, this always, this comment always annoys me. Ninety percent of the comments were, "What the fuck did I just watch?" I'm like, that's the point. It's like this beautiful surrealist yeah, nightmare. You have to embrace well, that, or not. You don't have it's to. It's weird but. and surreal, but. It's clearly done with at least some intent below the surface, and like yeah. for all of the p- pomp and pretense that comes with, like, oh, I made two trailers, and if you watch them side by side, they do a thing. Mm. It shows at least there is some some clear directorial thought behind what is being done with these, yeah. and I'm interested. It's, Plus, it's... I I'm still super glad that all three of the main people that were working on Silent Hills are now working on this. We've got Kojima, Del Toro, and what's the actor's name? Um, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Norman that Reedus. all three of them are now involved in this. I'm like, oh, it, it's, 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 oh, thank it really, you. It appeals to me in the same way that Dali's paintings do in that it's like, it has that surreal um, kind of abstract 
feel to it, like the, the, the outside of reality and you're not really sure yeah. what's happening, but also it's so technically proficient that everything's mm-hmm. it's, beautiful it's and clear. It's not there for the sake and, of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like everything feels like it's there for a reason, even if it's not. Like, like one thing Kojima's good at is sometimes creating the illusion of meaning mm. uh, instead of actual meaning. But so long as the illusion's good, who cares? Does like, anyone so know yet it, what the flaming whale meant? <laughs> uh, we've not worked out yet, but like the only thing of value I could take from it so far is that the ba- the little fetus baby that Norman Reedus is holding gets stolen by Guillermo del Toro. And that that's, that's why it ends up in a weird jar in the second trailer. And that's all I understand right now. So there mm. you go. It looks so Fuck cool. Me. And the tanks, um, with, yeah, the yeah, tanks with the slithery worm shit on them. Oh, the big worm tanks with skeleton bits on them. That's, yeah. And a beautifully I'm... oppressive uh, visual um, aesthetic. Like, just so mm. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things, like, when you look at it, you're like, well, yeah, if I were Del Toro, I'd look that terrified as well. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. you can really feel, like, why you should be very fucking scared to be where he is in that trailer. I um, uh, so, Yeah, very well done. Uh, yeah, I'm very glad to see Kojima working on a thing that's not Metal Gear. I'm excited kind, for this. Kind of hope it's a survival horror. I really don't know what genre to expect out of it right now. But I heard considering... third-person shooter. Considering uh. that Silent Hills is what they were going to make, I kind of hope it is in that sort of uh, survival horror, tension-y we'll kind of... Either I, way. I, I, we'll see, yeah. Either way, we, you can see the... like. The, the re-energized look on Kojima's face like yeah. when yes. he was at the Game Awards you could because he's been talking about wanting to quit Metal Gear for so long and the fans wouldn't let him and, and obviously Kojima um, Konami pushed him before he could ever jump so in a way I can see why he would think like well fuck I'm free now and he's just mm. letting his brain wander and create I guess something he couldn't it, it looks like something that a publisher would look at and go no we, we can't we can't mm. show this. It re- yeah, it, does, it felt like the restraints are off now. Here comes yes. the fucking real crazy abstract stuff. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting... I'm sure it'll get a big publisher, but, mm. but the publishers can see the reaction to the trailers like this mm. uh, and see that people give a shit about it mm. rather than mm. you know killing it before that. anyone gets a chance to see it. Game, games as a medium doesn't really have that much kind of surrealist storytelling in it. I mean, you've got games, I suppose, like Inside things like that but yeah. it's quite Absolutely. rare you, you do in the indie such a yeah. huge level. you get it in the indie scene but it's rare to see it in like a, a big triple yeah. a production just because of the sheer expense of creating a triple a game it's yeah. somewhat of a risk to say hey we're gonna make a big triple a product and we're gonna make it surreal and tough to understand as fuck yeah. Also, a- I, I should point out that Sony is publishing it. I, I thought I knew they had involvement, but I didn't realize they were yeah. a full-on publisher. And that makes sense. Like, out of all the big publishers, Sony seems to have a higher tolerance for weird shit. So they're they're a good fit, I think, as a publisher. It says a lot that the game I'm now the most interested in that's coming out over any other game is by a person who made the Metal Gear series, which I've never really been that much into until five. You know, mm. and like. I don't know, it's just, uh, I, I was so blown away by that trailer. And like you said, Jim, I, they should have put it at the end because everything else yeah. then just... Uh, Mass Effect looked great, but it just looked like, well, yeah, it's more Mass Effect. Awesome. It, it got me it. excited that, yes, this is Mass Effect, 
Mm. And that's about it. Um, we we got a couple of other bits of news during the show. Uh, Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy is real. We talked about that weeks ago because it initially leaked through, uh, I think it was documentation in the voice actor strike. So like everyone knew it was coming, but I'm I'm up for that. I Do you enjoyed guys see Tales the movie from. Trailer? Uh, I haven't watched the new movie trailer yet, it but I've heard so it's very good. good. I, well, I, it, I've never actually. I don't know if you guys ever had, but I nearly pissed myself laughing at the trailer because there's a moment in it that's funnier than like stuff in ninety percent of actual movies. I'm like, maybe they shouldn't have put that in the trailer because it's going to be ruined. I haven't seen the trailer the yet, but I'm, I'm looking I, forward to it. I I've heard for the wife. I've heard that it's a big yeah. fan of the first. I've heard that it looks really good, so I'm staying. And I enjoyed the first film, so I'm just staying kind of blank on it until it releases now. So uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'll say this though, yeah, um, I'm like. The Telltale model, I've said before, is really great, and you can plug so many game and so many IPs into it. But I am kind of getting over it now. I, I and I love Telltale's work, but this whole oh here's the next license—it's almost to the point where it's where the, like will, Latter Day Simpsons episode where it's like which special guest are we having this week? I was over it four franchises ago. <laughs> okay, I get you both. I am excited for this mainly because it's a action comedy franchise. And I really enjoyed what they did with Tales from the Borderlands. They did great with it. it. Is, they did do it great is, with it. It is one of my favourite things they've done in a while, and I'm very glad to see them have another thing in that same sort of genre yeah. to play around I mean, with. I'm not, so. I'm not saying I, I dislike the idea, and I'm sure I'll play it and, and enjoy it, but it was notable for me that, you know, when I first saw the uh, Borderlands, Tales from the Borderlands announcement, I was like, oh, that's weird, that's interesting, that's cool. Um, that'll... that'll be something I really want to see whereas this one it was like I felt nothing and 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 I say this as someone who loves Telltale games and really liked Guardians of the Galaxy and I you know I like Guardians of the Galaxy comics as well and everything but I just I didn't get a reaction from it because this has happened now so many times with Telltale plus property Mm. Uh, and they already went really weird with Minecraft Uh, so it's hard to come up with another one that raises eyebrows like that one did yeah so I'm kind of I'm I'm not I won't say that the idea of the games bore me in any way, but the announcements of the games now I'm over them. Mm. Uh, it's it's this, I, I, this, I just can't get excited. I, for them I'd now. have gotten excited about this had it not been leaked, and like there the was fact, that too. Yeah, the fact that, that we that we kind of knew about it and then it happened was like eh, okay, yeah. it it is what it is. We didn't Plus, really get. We much all knew anyway because it wouldn't be a games event if there wasn't an announcement that Telltale have acquired. Well, again, this is <laughs> where where it starts to feel obligatory is is another yeah. part of it. It's like oh, it's time for the annual Telltale uh, special guest star IP yeah. announcement. It's it's become formulaic. Just the announcements. Mm. Uh, plus, the their games lately have. Yeah, uh, the bat. Like I, I played episode one of their Batman thing, and I haven't bothered with the others because episode one bored me to tears. Mm. Uh, so, and, and the Game of Thrones one was a bit disappointing as well. Uh, so, the, I, w- they, they kind of have their ups and downs. Was, uh, the so. only one of theirs that really did it for me. Well, for for me, I've enjoyed like both seasons of The Walking Dead. I enjoyed. I liked The Wolf Among Us. I really liked Telltale's. Uh, I really liked Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are the three that I've enjoyed most. So, I'm willing to to give them another chance on another sort of action comedy They're, thing and see how that goes. They also announced Relentless Fucking Misery season three. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I like Walking Dead. Yeah, though. the Walking. I like their walking- 
The Walking Dead game season three, uh, it's going to debut with two episodes rather than just one. So the first two episodes will be playable at the same time when it comes out. And I believe they've said that that Clem is the playable character. Have they said that? Or did I imagine that being a thing? Uh, again, like at this point, I, I might just, I just be imagining the, that. I just hear Telltale plus whatever IP they're doing. And then I switch off until the game comes out. Like, yeah. Well, the first episode comes out. That's like, fair. I'm done, I, done I, listening to promotion for these things. I haven't paid any attention to it beyond, I think I heard someone say Clem was playable, but I don't know no, that no. for certain. So Maybe. I think that was the big stuff out of the Game Awards. We, like, we got more footage for Zelda, but again, it was, hey, it's... Oh, it's... Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of news. Yeah, it was like, it was, that was Zelda... Zelda, there you go. Um, what I was more excited about is I heard some of the... a door creak in Gavin's oh. office the moment you said Zelda. I was <laughs> like, right, I'm off. <laughs> um, I did enjoy some of the stuff that we got from the PlayStation Experience conference. Uh, so we got news that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's cool. I'm up for more Marvel vs. Capcom. That's a good fighting game. Uh, we got the news that not only is Crash Bandicoot getting a remaster, but so is Parappa the Rapper. Yes, which, yes, that was a big surprise. That's that's fucking weird that that's coming back. Yeah, um, I, I, cool. I'm um, I'm ready speak, to be a rapping dog. On the topic of things coming back and uh, young female protagonists playable, mm. I can't believe we're nearly an hour in without mentioning that the follow-up to possibly the greatest game of the last generation was announced this week. Yeah, The Last of Us Part Two. So, I warning, warning, Gav, it's become quite popular to say that game was shit now. Oh really? Oh, I, I That's fucking, what I've learned. Okay, oh. I fucking I fucking love The Last of Us. It is No, I I loved it. I, I think it is probably my it's one of my favourites and probably the most technically polished and well put together game of last gen. It was superb. Um, for me it was and then again I brought this up before, it was all about the pacing for me. It was it was superbly yeah, executed in terms yeah. of its delivery of its story it, and the beats it hits with it, its action scenes. I, I it, can't it was the think only game since Half Life Two that did that so well. Yeah. I can't think of a weak point in that game, which is, you know, more than could be said by a lot of games. Uh we're gonna talk a little bit of spoilery stuff for the end of the first game, just in terms of characters that survive to the second, so 30 seconds skip ahead if you don't want to know anything about this I suppose well um, if you have if you've seen the trailer it's not really a spoiler well, anyway I don't so. know if people have seen the trailer because they might want not want to know Ellie's yeah. the playable character this time around so yeah. um yeah I am excited about that they set the groundwork for it very well in the first game by being like hey we're gonna give you a section to play as this character and yeah. making them the protagonist this time, I'm like, yep, I'm totally up for this, and I want to. It just makes narrative sense. Yes, yeah. I want to see them murder every fucking zombie that exists. Yeah, um, I'm going yeah, by the, the trailer. trailer well it's it it's not just going to be zombies. She's uh, murdering. Well, oh well, they, they, they were the lower I mean. threat in the. Yeah, they were the lower threat in the so original game. I, it was always the bandits uh, who were hard, like tougher and so, more, more of an enemy. I have a thing I'd like to see from that game already, and I suspect like I'm I can't be the only person who's thinking this. I kind of want her to find out what happened at the end of the first game and just be like, no, fuck it, no, and not be happy about feel, it. Like, yeah, I can't help but I, feel there's a reckoning for this one. Oh, that yeah. is gonna that has to happen. I, I wonder if if he's gonna die at her hand, possibly, who knows, but yeah. Well I, the current theory is that he, he is dead and she's hallucinating him. That in, like in, in that trailer. That's uh, 
if I that, there's, I there's a lot of fan theories. I, I don't put much weight into case, that but... myself, but yeah, I I feel I... like the central conflict of the story will probably be what Laura just mentioned. Yeah, well, they're yeah. already like setting it up, not just for, with the ending, but like the whole latter half of that game was yeah. was conflict between those two and her yeah. getting stronger after she has to fend for herself for a while and everything mm. so i think there's a lot of stuff set up in the first one that will come to a head in this one um there is an excitement to that although as i said when i i did a video about the the game's announcement i would have preferred different characters and some people yeah. considered that shocking that i'd say oh no, you can't have I... a game without ellie and joel i'm like eh, their story yeah. ended on such a perfectly such, ambiguous such a note well closed yeah. note that yes. yeah this is why like when when we brought it up I was saying I'm a little bit um, divided on it in that I'm so happy we're getting more from that world I'm kind of dubious like I'm hopeful and there are interesting stories definitely to be told with those yes. characters but there's a little bit of me that wanted to to think like. Maybe they'll just let that story have its its very satisfyingly unclear end, leave it there, and explore someone else's path through yeah. this world. There's the trouble in, in these days is no story's allowed to be ambiguous anymore, unless HBO cancels the show. Um, people always need some neat little bow to tie things off, and, and that's part of why I was so adamant that I didn't want a sequel to explore those characters anymore, because I was like... God, I loved how ambiguous that ending was. Like that last line was perfect. Mm. I I uh, felt and, and... I felt that way until I watched this fucking trailer, and now I'm like, you know what? Actually, I do kind of fucking want more it, of this. Yeah, but it, here's the thing: I'm it, not it's I'm mixed, not kicking and it? screaming about it. It's yeah. like I was yeah. disappointed in one way because I was like, the first one ended so perfectly for me, but mm. then seeing Joel and Ellie again, it's like it's like coming back to two old very fucked up friends <laughs> you know and so, being like, oh, and there is more. a lot to be excited about their story um mm. it's not it's not my preferred option but from that trailer i can see that the option they're taking they can at least make well they can do something so, very interesting with yeah. that so uh, i just hope they don't go walking dead with it and make it so fucking relentlessly miserable that they forget to actually include the bits that keep you going through I, the story. I light-hearted bits if you want a truly effective tragic story. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I feel like they have to know that, hopefully. And what, uh. and the, the Last of Us had two bits in particular that um, just moments of kind of calm serenity and beauty where you could just the giraffe kind scene of was beautiful. appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And the horses parts as well. Yeah, yeah. Were... some of the best parts in the game and there was no combat, there was no real mm. gameplay. They were just these moments that... that brought some oh, beauty into that world do you know what they really stuck out to me is when they went to the university and it was just this tiny little moment of some monkeys ran across the courtyard mm. and um just such a beautiful yeah. well, little... i loved that i loved that the whole game for a post-apocalyptic game was very bright and green like there was so much life yeah. there yeah. it was like just symbolic that just because the world had ended more or less for humans that that wasn't the end of the world. Like yeah. it, it helped. Mm. There's a very egocentric idea of the apocalypse that we have, where you know our world will end, therefore the world will end. Whereas it, that game is one of the few, very much like Enslaved uh, Journey to the West, that mm. showed that no, 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 people had their time, but mm. the world marches on. The, the like, end of it's civilization. Like George Carlin said, isn't it? The the world will be fine. It's us who's fucked. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yes. the difference between the end of civilization and the end of the world. They're two very yeah. different things. So uh, 
I we did bring we talked about you know Last of Us Part Two. So that's so so. You know what the big Sony sequel oh, to God. a uh, a game from the last five years Hang is. On. Are Hang you on, I've got to put down some towels. I've got to oh put down God. some towels. Are you ready to come everywhere, Jim? I'm ready. I'm ready. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. It's Knack 2. No! Oh! Oh! God, why can't I stop coming? I hurt! Oh, it hurts! Are you okay, Jim? He's yeah, knack- oh yeah, he's I'm knacking fine. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I feel fucking knackered now. Oh. Um, so, he's yeah, knacked-er baiting. <sighs> It it disappoints me that we've in the time it's taken for Knack two to get a to get announced to get a sequel to Knack, we've not had a proper three D Mario game in that window of time. That's disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, Knack first Knack was terrible. One of the worst games I've played that year. Yeah. Um, this one, a lot of people who've tried it are saying it's vastly improved. So um, I'll, I hope. I'll, I'll hope, believe that I'll when I see it. it, and I hope that it stands on its own two feet because I don't want to have to replay Knack to to play this. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that got a sequel, and then we got like two other little bits of news this week to very quickly skim through. So uh, Russia is is gonna ban FIFA 17 because your your football soccer players can wear rainbows on their shoelaces, and that's supporting that's... the gay agenda. Wow! Fuck off, Russia. So. Yeah, Russia's not getting FIFA 17, it seems. That's That is really sad. Yeah, that's depressing like, news. That genuinely upsets me. No, it's, do, it's, do you, it's a miserable fucking yeah. political landscape over there. I mean, do, I'm on to talk living in America, but... Ah, uh, oh, Putin, fuck off. Poo, Putin, like poo, like, a, like poo out of a bum. Ha ha ha. I have a piece of silly news to 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 get us back away from that. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, news came out this week in an interview with someone from Nintendo that apparently Wind Waker Two was a thing that was in development at one point. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. D- did you hear why it got cancelled? Because the reason's fucking hilarious. So no, I just, I just saw it in passing. You know how Kid Link in Wind Waker has very small chibi proportions. Yeah. They wanted the sequel to Wind Waker to be set primarily on the land. Mm-hmm. And the problem they had is that they wanted Link to ride a horse and that Wind Waker <laughs> Link's proportions look fucking ridiculous <laughs> on a horse. So they couldn't make a horse that fit with the art style and they couldn't make him not look ridiculous on a horse. So They, they should have given him a little pig. <laughs> nope, nope, they couldn't give him a horse so they threw out Wind Waker 2 and we got Twilight why Princess. They, why couldn't they just give him a boat with wheels? Uh, <laughs> it's Zelda, you can well, invent whatever they, you they want. They did, it's, it's the, uh, the game Spirit Tracks. It's a boat on wheels in the Wind Waker style. Uh, they got there eventually, but um, yeah, no, apparently like ridiculous proportions brilliant. Wind Waker Child Link on a horse is why we never got a Wind Waker se- direct sequel on the GameCube. I'm- I'm still of the very controversial uh, view that Wind Waker is my, still my favourite 3D Zelda. I, I don't think that's a Honestly, controversial opinion. Honestly, it's not opinion. controversial anymore. It yeah. used to be. But I in, in like I want to say like the past uh, seven years or so, like mm. I remember it, it was getting popular um, sort of around about the beginning of, of the last generation. Um, yeah, there's a real movement to, to say it was it was... Let, one of the best ones. Let me and I, a, I agree let, with you, Gav. It's I'll, my favourite one. I'll add a caveat. Wind Waker on the Wii U 
is my favourite 3D Zelda game. <laughs> okay, that <laughs> the is... The original that is, sailing yeah. was fucking excruciating. Yeah, they did, they did... Well, yeah, the, honest, like, honestly, the sailing is, is very comparable to the car in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XV, um, when plus I think one, about it now. Plus, one of the worst design decisions ever in a game coming up to the end of the original one was thankfully shortened a lot in the Wii U version, where you didn't have to go hunting all the treasure chests... I'll give yeah. Nintendo credit for that. When they do a re like a re-release of a game, when they remaster something, they they do go back and actually like put in genuine tweaks yeah. rather than what Activision does, which is just like vaguely upscale something and shit it back out with no promotion. Or what Gearbox does is take a great game that sadly didn't sell very well, remaster it, and ensure that it's going to fail again because it's sixty fucking dollars. That is dodgy, yeah. That is, that, that is was, dodgy. But, but what do we what do we expect from Randy? It's so disappointing because Bulletstorm deserves to be played and bought. Mm. You know. Yeah. So is that is that a good place for us to wrap up? I think we. I think it's about yeah. time. I've got a short I've really one. Got to get yeah. Wiggle on and we we had to do a short one last week for things, and we got to do another short one because Jim's got a doctor to go see. Yep. On the plus sides, the spin-off Doctors is starting to run far too long, so you're getting a balance of content either way. Um, but we'll, uh, like I said, we've had to have abrupt endings lately, but uh, you know it, that'll it, change it's, after it's, the holidays. Hopefully, it's fine. If if you if you want movie boys material very quickly before we go, Will Ferrell's going to be in a comedy about esports, so look forward to that on the movie oh, boys. Oh, and I've good. I've got um, a pres- I've got a present for Jim before we go. Okay. There you go. Oh, that was lovely. Oh, that was lovely. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Gavin. I know that um, present wasn't intended for me, but I enjoyed it anyway. That, so, that was, ha-ha, that I stole the a song. gift. That was, that was not actually Dear Prudence, but that was the song we were talking about at the start of the show. That's it. Like I was, yeah. I was ready to launch into it. Um, but we, we should go, because I've, I've got to um, get to the doctors and, and n- nothing major, just check up, but I did make mm. the appointment and then hopefully get my fucking heating fixed. So we will all see you next time, I guess. Um, oh no, first I've got to let people promote things. Sorry. Yeah. Laura, how can people listen uh, to more things and see more things and read stuff and, and experience the you? The me, the me, Laura K Buzz, yes. pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube, where I'm doing a daily let's play of Final Fantasy Fifteen. So come, come watch some boy bands in a car while I explain to you all of the things in the outside source material that are not being explained properly <laughs> by the game. So that's that's my main selling point: is do you want to understand what happens ninety minutes in in that weird cutscene? I'll pause and tell you what the fuck went on. Uh, other than that, Patreon, Laura K Buzz, that's what pays the bills. Let'splayvideogames.com, that's where I write a bunch of cool shit. Go to all them places, I guess. Okie dokie, and Gavin, who's well, working on a brand new album right now. Exactly, it's a big week for me. It's my yearly album release, and it should be out maybe tomorrow, or maybe tonight if things go well, so... If you like my tunes, please buy it instead of pirating it. If you can afford it, I would very much appreciate that because it keeps me in a job. And if you don't know my stuff, go listen to it. YouTube, Miracle of Sound. It's awesome and you'll want to buy the album after you hear it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. Um, as always, you know, follow me at Jim Sterling on Twitter. Look at the Jim Sterling YouTube channel. Most of the stuff's there. We've got Jimquisition emblem pins back in stock on the store. Uh, if you go to sharkrobot.com and uh, slash, I think it's Jimquisition, or or just find the Jimquisition storefront, or just go to the Jimquisition.com. There's a merch link there. Have you um, got a few more of them this time than you did yes. last time? 
yes, well, we're not Nintendo. You know, we are actually try and supply to meet demand. Um, the initial 500 sold out super quick. We got 2,000 this time, and they're they're not going as fast because obviously 500 people rushed to get the first lot, so those people have got theirs. So by the time this podcast goes up, there there should still be. Um, you know, more than enough to go round. So, yeah, uh, go check those out. And as always, we'll see you next week. Best, bye. Best of, bye. Uh, oh, yeah. Best of luck. Bye. Uh, yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs>